this is the Bank of England, the same morons who said there isn't any prospect, any worry at all. And when it did start, they said, oh, oh dear, oh, well, never mind. It'll be transitory. Remember that word? Transitory. They have been wrong, wrong, wrong about this at every single stage. We've been going through this ludicrous period of zero interest rates, or in many parts of the world, Western world, negative interest rates. It hasn't done us any good whatsoever. It's damaged the culture of thrift uh, within our societies. Uh, and now they're playing catch up. Now, I know there are one or two economists warning that if you put up rates too far, too fast now, that that actually could have quite recessionary implications. Um, rates have to go up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I, obviously I hate the disease of inflation, but maybe. Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, we're recording this an hour before the Bank of England decision is published. You'd be a brave man to guess what's going to happen. But what I want to ask you about is your overall narrative here. How do you see what's playing out? Do you think they're behind the curve? Do you think this is a badly needed interest rate increase? Are you concerned about a recession? How are you thinking about all of this? Behind the curve? You're having a laugh? I mean, last January, you and I were saying... There are inflationary pressures within the system. There's monetary inflation waiting, coming down the track. It's been coming at some point ever since 2008, plus obviously price inflation, wage inflation, all the rest of it, and then Ukraine war, of course, coming on top. Let, let's just be clear. What the Bank of England is saying this morning is that inflation could get to 15%, that it's here to stay. This is the Bank of England, the same morons who said there isn't any prospect, any worry at all. And when it did start, they said, oh, oh dear, oh, well, never mind. It'll be transitory. Remember that word? Transitory. They have been wrong, wrong, wrong about this at every single stage. We've been going through this ludicrous period of zero interest rates, or in many parts of the world, Western world, negative interest rates. It hasn't done us any good whatsoever. It's damaged the culture of thrift uh, within our societies, uh, and now they're playing catch-up. Now, I know there are one or two economists warning that if you put up rates too far too fast now, that that actually could have quite recessionary implications. Um, rates have to go up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I, obviously, I hate the disease of inflation, but maybe we're going to head back in time towards a healthier period of time where money actually does have a value in terms of interest. That actually would be a healthier thing long-term for society. So let's see what the increase is. There'll be an increase. The Fed, of course, um, being much more aggressive than we've been um, over recent times. But I think we've, I actually think we've got every right to be pretty angry with Andrew Bailey and the Bank of England. Utterly useless, totally incompetent. I mean, crikey, they make our politicians look good. That anger is really spreading around the world too, which is something we've discussed in the past. But the next thing I want to ask you about is whether we're getting the same routine that we got about inflation, about recession now, the idea that you know, there won't be a recession. Oh, it's not a recession. Oh, it's not a, a bad recession. It, it all feels so familiar. And again, they're the ones causing the problem by raising rates. 
if, if rates are raised too far, then that is part of a problem that we face. But we also face the potential, there's no guarantee, but the potential, um, we get a further energy price shock coming later in the year. Uh, things in Ukraine are not fully played out. Uh, sanctions are clearly hurting us more than they're hurting Putin. I mean, you know, um, we've also got incredible stresses now within the Eurozone. And it's funny, Nick, but the view that you and I have had about this ever since we started working together, um, and indeed you and I have held many years before that, uh, this is now becoming common debate in the financial world. Uh, you know, the realisation that at some point uh, the German Dutch taxpayers, the ECB, amongst all of them, haven't got the power or the will, ultimately, to save Italy and the rest of the South. So, you know, there is a very real risk of, of a pretty unpleasant autumn winter to come with some quite big shocks. Uh, and, and yes, a real recession. I, that has to be a risk. It's very interesting. A UK firm overnight, zero, one of these sort of, you know, a marketing firm, but using polling, suggesting that by the end of 2022, 47% of British households will not be able to pay their energy bills without getting into some form of default repayment or debt. So I think things are, I mean, you know, we've been deluding ourselves. We've had gorgeous weather, the best weather since 1976, the sun shining. Um, we've got the ongoing tragic comedy of the Tory party to keep us amused. Um, and I just don't think people realise, perhaps at the minute, just how tough this is going to be. It really is. Danny Blanchflower, who was on the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of England during the financial crisis, is out there telling us that the UK is already probably in recession and, quote, the right thing to do is sit back and wait and watch as the global recession probably spreads. So he's against the Bank of England raising rates at all. Do you think that at some point the central banks are going to panic and focus on the recession instead of inflation? And do you think there's a chance for inflation to really get out of control if they do? Well, that's the worry, isn't it? That is the worry. And I, I, I understand what Danny Blanchflower is saying, but I don't think I agree with it. I think we do need to keep tightening, I'm afraid. It's horrible. We should have done it a long time ago, but I'm afraid we do. And, and you know, Danny Blanchflower, he loves being a contrarian. He's always a contrarian, whatever. I understand what he's saying, but, you know, how many times have you and I talked about this? The disease of money the disease of money that is inflation. And unless we tighten, I'm afraid, it's going to get more and more out of control, which means it lasts for even longer. So I'm afraid, I'm afraid rates have to go up. Personally, I'm not too worried about the idea of a recession because if there is one, they'll just change the definition, won't they? <laughs> well, of course they will. But the worry, the worry is what it's going to do to individual people. The worry is the cost of living on ordinary families. And the worry, is the 1970s worry that savers had, is what to do not to see your money depreciating by 10 or 15% per annum. And that, of course, is what Fortune and Freedom and UK Independent World, that is what we, above all, are trying to do, is to help people to try and hold their hands through this very, very difficult time that's coming. Yeah, it's that threat of stagflation, the idea of inflation and a moribund economy at the same time that's the real threat here. You've got a presentation out about what people can do about inflation, right? So can you tell us a bit about that? And we'll put a link below this video. Yes. I mean, the idea is to remind people who are older, uh, to educate people who weren't around, 
that actually what happened in the 70s and 80s for anybody's savings at any level was a catastrophe. Now, I'm not exaggerating. It was a catastrophe. You know, people who in the mid-1970s were relatively comfortably off uh, found themselves six, seven years later with very little in, in, in real terms, because that's what inflation, you know, compounded inflation does to money, even over six or seven years. Um, and so it's to remind people this is real. It's happening. We've been predicting it. It ain't going away. So you've got to think incredibly carefully about what you do. And, you know, I'll tell you something. All the, all the recommendations that we've made, particularly with UK independent wealth, which is the, you know, paid for subscription. If I look back at all the things we've done over the last couple of years, we've been incredibly cautious. We've not got ourselves involved in the speculative boom on tech stocks. You know, we've looked for good value companies and we've looked back at what's happened in previous times of big market falls and or high inflation. And it's interesting, the lessons are, even when it feels like everything's going to hell in the handcuff, there are still some investments that do incredibly well. You know, there are companies out there that make products that consumers actually buy and they'll go on buying them because that's the end of the market. People don't think to be a luxury. You know, you might not go out for a very expensive dinner in London. You might not buy theatre tickets. You might not go on that expensive holiday. But there are some things you're still going to go on buying. Um, and it's to be invested in companies like that. And the lesson is, actually, even in bad times, there are good places to put your money. And that is really what we're trying to do here. And for those of you looking to find a way to apply all of that theory, check out the link below this video to find out more. Nick, can I add uh, that anyone that does that and looks at the link below, you can give it a go, you can sign up to it, you can get the advice, and after 90 days, if you're not happy, we'll send you money back. And you can tell us to sod off. It's a good deal. Nigel, thanks for joining us. <laughs> to everyone at home, thanks for joining us as well.